Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Tom and Joe know all there is to know From masterpieces to deep fried tacos And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say There's no telling where the guys will take you Get ready for a spoiler Won't say it twice cause we're already Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 676. It's a light week for movies because they delayed Morbius. <laughs> one movie coming Might out Might be this for week. the best. <laughs> Maybe. And, uh, was but, that supposed to be now? Yeah, it was supposed to be. They, yeah. they delayed it so they could put Spider-Man uh, in. Who's that? Yeah, who is that? Well, let's uh, <laughs> oh, hey. let, let's go around the virtual table, both real and virtual, and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Dan. This is Blake. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. That's right. We we're, we're getting the band back together for our special uh, deep fried taco episode. Yay. So uh, hey. it's been a while since we've done one. When was the last? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> no, we'll have to pay for it. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Zune Store. Since we're kicking it old I'm going school, going old school, yeah, yeah, sure. totally. <laughs> Spreaker wasn't even a, a wasn't twinkle even in a twinkle in iTunes. I gotta eyes. tell you, it wasn't a, a sprinkle or Spreaker now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can also leave us a review if you would be so kind. That's always super helpful. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page and join the group. It's called the League of Show Shares because we're hoping you will join both on Facebook, and just in real life by sharing an episode. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Chris Valls, Travis T. Witt, Chris Magic Man, David Rojas, Julian Jordan, Brent Smith, Tammy Sherman Powers, Heather Sachs, Lane LeVanway, Gabriel Lugo, Vertigay314, We Have a Hulk, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd podcast, Colby Mack, Megan Kearns, I hope I'm saying that right, Nerd Revert, uh, Cinema Recall, Spoiler Piece Theater, Geek to Me Radio, Ronnie Castle, Matt Naglia, Binge Movies, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Feel and Film, and Chris Williams. So thank you very much for sharing an episode. We greatly appreciate it. Also, 
we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out and we like you extra. There's one more Scream episode coming. Okay. Ep- By the time Scream, Scream 6 is yes. out, yeah, the right, Scream right, 4 right. episode. This one took a little bit to get <laughs> done. Doing the TV to, show? Yeah, uh, it, oh. It would, it, no. If you want to, I mean, no. if you want to be a complete. It was definitely brought up on the Scream 4 episode <laughs> because I didn't realize uh, the age of the person I was talking to. Right. And she said that she her introduction to Scream was the TV show. And I was like, how old are you? And she goes, 19. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're so like, it's a very different... You're like, oh, I need to get permission from my wife to talk <laughs> oh, to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is it is interesting to hear like her introduction to this to these movies, her takes on these movies from a completely different generation sure. than who I saw them originally. It was a Scream TV show. Two. That's my point. Yeah, there's there was three episodes, three seasons. First season of like basically Scream One. Second season has nothing to do with anything. Where did the, it air? Uh, oh, I don't know. So the second season was technically a Halloween three season, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had the same characters, but it didn't follow Scream two. Oh, gotcha. And this, but Scream season three is Halloween three season. Were people the from the movies actually in it? No. Okay. It's an M- it's the MTV like Teen Wolf. Okay. Like, but weren't there two? Teen- wasn't there a VHS Scream two? There's like a there's two TV series as far oh. as I mean I don't know the details but I'm pretty sure that they did one and then it didn't work out and then they tried to do it again and then oh, it was a Saturday know. morning cartoon yeah yeah that's oh the, the ghost I mean the, that's, watch, if, the Watchmen cartoon have you ever seen if that? this yeah. was yeah. the 80s there would be a ghost face kids cartoon yeah of course I mean that's why the 80s that's, were awesome yeah. <laughs> toxic Avenger that's, yeah. you know, that had its own cartoon at one oh, I mean Rambo oh. had a cartoon yeah. <laughs> that swamp thing oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy so uh, uh, anyway we so we're uh Tackling deep fried tacos on this episode. And so I thought maybe we would begin with Dan giving us a history and the rules of the deep fried taco. Okay, so uh, let me go over because I had to make some notes. He made a pre- he made <laughs> notes and he has a presentation. <laughs> I do have a presentation. Yeah. So the deep fried taco really kind of dates back to 2003. And uh, I refer to a movie as a deep fried taco because, uh, well, it, actually, I said, Oh, it was like a drive-in movie. But the problem was, at the time, there really wasn't many drive-ins. So I equated it to a jack-in-the-box taco. And the reason being, um, it's not good, but they're amazing. (laughs) So, you know, with a regular, right? So, you know, with a regular taco, you can make something delicious or appetizing. You know, some people can even make them kind of uh, elegant or, or artful. Because you can use any kind of ingredient, you know, in pretty much any way. As long as... The basics are, are, you know, are adhered to, which is it's kind of an edible wrapper or a shell that you can fold and eat with your hands. That's, you know, a taco. We can all agree. Dan loves edibles. Uh, That's my takeaway. (laughs) (laughs) Very selective hearing. (laughs) So the reason, you know, like a jack in a box taco, the reason I I mentioned this is because it basically throws out all of that. Um, And it's like this compressed meat in the the 70s. Tom might remember there was this whole basically uh, rumor that the uh, meat was actually kangaroo meat. And I remember, <laughs> I think I was probably, I think I was around like eight or nine when, when that was going around. And I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. So and I kept still eating. tastes good. Um, Would kangaroos really yeah, be like, cheaper I'll... than, than, than <laughs> beef? <laughs> Somehow it's more cost effective to fly to Australia. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, they're doing anything they can to deal with those kangaroos. Those suckers are mean. <laughs> you know. It's jumping jack in the box. There you go. So, I mean, it's this compressed meat, half a slice of cheese, a few shreds of lettuce, uh, sometimes a squirt of hot sauce, sometimes not. Your mileage may vary. 
uh, and it's all kind of slapped together and fried into this like scalding envelope of deliciousness or disgust, depending on how you <laughs> see things. So uh, here's some facts about those, though. Uh, first of all, you got to remember that a serving is two because they always come in two. You can't buy a single one, and who would, weirdo? So anyway, <laughs> this comes in at 300, 340 calories, 19 grams of fat, 720 milligrams of sodium, 33 grams of carbs, 2 grams of fiber, 2 grams of sugar, 12 grams of protein. So there's an upside. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, there's one thing that's important, and then one aspect of the deep fried taco that we all – you have to uh, realize and remember it can't be debated. It's that it's not good for you. So in 2003, I said, uh, indeed, this movie was bad, but there was something good about it, at least in the sense that it made me kind of yearn for the drive in. Do you remember what that movie was? That movie was Ang Lee's The Hulk. Oh, wow. Because that movie sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. In fact, I was like, you know, I'm going to do diligence. I'm going to rewatch it. And um, I spent the past couple of nights trying to rewatch it. It's very long and really t just so bad. What, so what was what were the good qualities of it? Um, oh, the badness. Uh, oh, okay. that, that's the big, the best part of a deep fried taco is the, it, the it's good and it's badness rather than bad and its goodness, which would be a different movie. Mm. Uh, but it's basically there's uh, you know a certain amount of subjectivity that we have to take into account. And this thing is is certainly. Uh, I don't think there's any subjective aspect to it. It's, I mean, it's this weird, like Ang Lee's trying to make this art house macro nature photography kind of movie, but then they've got all these script, split screen panels that are really trying to emulate the comic book, which just do not work. And then the first thing in the movie, when they get to the opening credits, I'm like, oh my God, they used comic sands, <laughs> which is, is, is kind of dragging the bottom of font usage next to like papyrus it's papyrus comic sans and sometimes fajita yeah it's a little on the, the nose worst spots. <laughs> yeah yeah i was like oh my although God, can i can i make a brief defense of comic sans that i think a lot of people don't know please yes uh yeah, yeah, yeah. for some reason it is easier for people with dyslexia to read if the font is comic sans and a lot of people with dyslexia actually change their font setting huh. to comic sans wow. i always knew i didn't like people with dyslexia <laughs> <laughs> well okay so maybe it does have its core fans and i don't want to um offend them but uh but everybody know, else is, a, uh, is an idiot yeah <laughs> well that movie i mean that movie is and and i and i think um when i go through sort of the guidelines of deep fried tacos it'll kind of make sense why this movie works for this um but i do want to say it's sort of like you know big mass appeal movies generally can be agreed upon um but the you know when it comes to junk it requires like a, a different uh, filter i always feel uh, like, like what the, they say one of the key aspects of a deep fried taco for me is that you you know that it's really not a good movie and you love it, but you don't love it ironically. It's not like Plan Nine from Outer Space. Right. Like it's no. it, it's it's a movie that you're basically like, I know this isn't good, but you're all wrong anyway. You accept the flaws, right? Yeah, Absolutely. like a child. Okay, <laughs> now unless now, they have dyslexia, now, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> if if Kevin uh, allows me, I would do a, a screen share. Oh, of uh, okay. I mean, it won't do much for the it, listeners, but we can share it on the post. No, sure. but no, but it'll. I, I, I mean, if it's something that, that is anybody gonna watch? Yeah, this? totally. I fixed my horror and everything. <laughs> we will post this in the Facebook group, the League of Show Share. So if you've never joined, here's your here's your moment. Here's the impetus. Get ready. This, this has this has audio video 
components. This is a, a real like presentation. Here oh, we look at that. The name and everything. I, this is great. How's that look? Looks good. It's great. Good? All right. The font so far, I see no Comic Sans anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no Comic Sans. Yeah, that, I was like, oh my god. You know. For the listeners, this is straight up Helvetica, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, so anyway, deep fried tacos, not necessarily the rules, but guidelines. Guideline number one, earnestness. Um, you, you can't really make a movie a deep fried taco. You can't set out to make a deep fried taco. No Sharknados. Right. You can't make a cult classic. You can't make a viral video. It just kind of happens. And it happens without your doing. So rather, these movies were made with the intention of being a success, which leads to our next guideline, failure. <laughs> there should be some element of defeat, something that clearly didn't work or happen as intended. For these movies to connect, they offer something that some can look at or look beyond and see as a hit rather than a miss. But they are wide of the mark, leading audiences to approach with caution and causing many, if not most, to have low expectations. <laughs> Standards have to be sufficiently diminished. Obviously, you're not expecting a masterpiece. You shouldn't really have any sort of bar to achieve. To truly enjoy a deep fried taco, you should openly know what you're about to dive into and expect it to be intensely underwhelming. That's why uh, that's what makes these the, that surprise and satisfy us all the more special because they bring unexplainable joy. I need to share this with my wife. This is really... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're like, you're married to a deep fried I know, taco. you're honey. married to a deep fried taco. <laughs> Just so, so this is, this is really what it's all about. I don't even, I'm not just, I'm not listening anymore. Can we, share really what it's all Can about. we change it all to Comic Sans though, please? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I guess. Uh, this is really what it's all about. It's a giddiness that comes from appreciating the earnestness of the movie, despite your low expectations or its failure. It comes from biting into those calories, fat, milligrams of sodium, carbs, fiber, sugar, and protein and tasting pure happiness. You know, it's not good for you, but it's so deliciously bad. You come to crave it time and again. So those are what I consider. That's pretty to good. Sort of that be the guidelines. good. Thank Excellent. You, thank you. Thank well done. You. So, well, thank you, that, and that's a great uh, tutorial for people that are that are new to the work because yeah. it's been a few episodes well, since we've done one. It has, yeah, yeah it's and it's time. one of those things. It's like, you know, and I even kind of went into this thing about like, you know, there's like a reason why I would say something like "Big Trouble in Little China" isn't a deep fried taco, um, and it's because it's it you know it's earnest and uh, but it knows what it is. It's a martial right. arts action comedy buddy movie with some horror elements and all that. But, um, you, you know, it's, 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 it's a cult movie. It's, it's a movie that like, I mean, when they made that movie, they had to know, well, this isn't really going to have much of an audience <laughs> right. and it didn't at all. I, I heard an interview one time where Kurt Russell said that, like, I think he said he thought it was going to be huge. They all were so disappointed because they actually thought they oh, had really? something it and it opened the way it did. It did. They were just like yeah. heartbroken <laughs> by it. Yeah. I mean, that's a movie that took 20 years to really get the traction that got people. I mean, when The Rock was talking about continuing with the story and, you know, a lot of people were like, what? Because they didn't even know what it was. And other people were, were up, up in arms because they're like, no, we don't want to see The Rock in this. We want to see, you know, the man. Jack Burton. Yeah. 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 Not Jack Burton's son. No, right. exactly. Yeah. Not the same. Or his his. His cousin Jake. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, Dan, did you know that there's a comic book uh, that is 
Big Trouble in Little Ch- in Little China meets uh, yeah. Escape from New York, uh-huh. and the theory yeah. is that Snake and Jake are the same person but in different universes. Oh, that's oh, fun. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. I knew I there was a comic book. Great. I did not know that's how they, they I certainly was like, how look how they alike. <laughs> they, they do look alike. Yeah, it's eerie. Snake and Jake are multiverse are multiverse variants of each other. Oh, into the Carpenter verse. <laughs> into the Carpenter verse. <laughs> wow. So I guess uh, Kevin, why don't you give us a brief rundown of? Uh, the real spoilers history of deep fried tacos. Well, if you guys are anything like me and the, and the list, we're not. Well, okay. <laughs> I just want to go on record. Well, then I'm sure that I'm sure that you remember from uh, all the way eight years ago when we started deep fried tacos. Then I certainly had trouble remembering uh, the entire uh, list of choices and how the show was. And it was really surprising to go back and listen to. I'll take you back to September 4th, 2014. Okay. Now wait, uh, oh, Lord, not married. Not married a year before marriage. No kid. Well, no, no new baby. I didn't have a. I wasn't. I had Gwen at our bell at that point. So like life was completely different for the real spoilers crew circa 2014. I mean, it was so different. I mean, yeah. I mean, we had five hosts on the show. Uh, Blake was not on this episode, but we did have five hosts. It was episode 58. Oh my we God. were that early into the run. <laughs> we were just over a year into it, and uh, there was nothing new at the box office. So we all decided, oh, well, let's just talk sen- about our favorite. Sensing a theme. <laughs> yeah, it's Labor Day weekend. <laughs> and yeah. and we and uh, I think Tom said, or we decided, bring your favorite like bad movie that you love. Like we did not have a name for it that came during the episode where dan coined the term obviously based on his past experiences uh we were broadcasting from the war room of the o'keefe think tank <laughs> wait what is that mm, one? yeah which that one was, was that first that was my last the, house yeah the, the old the house the, yeah, oh yeah house. okay yeah right out right, of the right. bunker into out the of, yes 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 the war room i was thinking of the closet yeah. we went around the table introducing ourselves by first and last name <laughs> <laughs> at that point in time we were oh, so funny. new that we were saying our whole names uh guardians of the galaxy was number one at the box office kevin actually gave his social security number on yeah that right birthday the whole, yeah the whole, well the whole with our listener base it is yeah, so yeah. Not <laughs> we'll be enough. fine yeah but uh yeah guardians the first one was number one at the box office that's how long ago this first episode was uh but here here are the choices so dan chose roadhouse joe chose con air i chose hackers of course and tom chose the adventures of ford fairlane no wait dan do all of those fit the criteria uh yes perfect those do actually fit the criteria i don't think we've ever had an episode i don't remember where the guys debated over the validity i don't think of so it. i think we all pretty much did yeah it. no okay. i mean because i mean we can uh, i mean one thing that's important to to recognize with all those uh, they do adhere to the guidelines and i mean they were all pretty much i mean maybe hackers wasn't but they were all pretty much failures like i don't know i thought conair was, was a hit yeah. oh conair yeah conair was a, a hit but but it it, it uh, outshines in the other guys <laughs> yeah. I mean, well that's like a transformers and I, and I remember, type of... you know i was re- i was trying to remember i specifically remember joe talking about conair and i do kind of remember being like eh, i don't know but it, it, he won me over on that it's, yeah it's got the uh the double feature of of uh of face off with it too because he went from Con yes to yes. face off literally yeah. a day apart <laughs> wow i rented those movies yeah. in the both those movies in the same day from blockbuster like they were out together they were out in the video store together at the same time amazing yeah, yeah. golden age Oh, yeah. Episode 58 to 157 was our next one, and that was February 5th, 2016. So about a year and a half later, Dan chose Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Joe chose Airheads. I chose The Pest, and Tom chose Ishtar. 
<laughs> oh, Ishtar is so good. <laughs> Episode 3, 234 on November 26, 2016. Joe chose Showdown in Little Tokyo based on his love for The Crow and decided yeah, to... Yeah, that's why I watched it because Brandon Lee was in it. a Brandon Lee like, movie. I loved it. Yeah. I love it. I chose Hook and Tom chose Year One. Yeah? No Dan on that episode. What did Blake choose? Well, we'll get there. <laughs> 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 episode 4, number 277 on May 4th, 2017. A New Hope. <laughs> Dan chose 1941 I chose Your Highness Joe chose Never Back Down And Tom chose oh, Joe yeah. vs. the Volcano Oh, oh Joe I, I, I'm with you That's a good <laughs> Such movie. a good movie That is a good movie Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now episode 5 Took uh, another year and a half To make So it's They're pretty consistent <laughs> Yeah the, the sh- <laughs> You know Fallow period of uh, Movie going And uh, it was number 450 On February 7th 2019 uh, This episode featured Paul Harris To fill in for Dan what did point. Blake choose? Uh, he wasn't on this episode. <laughs> okay. uh, Joe chose Action Jackson. I chose Grandma's Boy. Tom chose MacGruber. And Paul chose Switch from 1991. Okay. And none of us had seen Switch. I, have n- I was familiar with <laughs> yeah. it, but still, I had not seen still it. Haven't seen MacGruber Switch. is such a hit that it has its own TV show. But not true. back in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Not back. I was ahead of the curve. In fact, I think I spearheaded yeah. the MacGruber renaissance. <laughs> and finally. I'm our, part of that fan club, too. It's such a good movie. I love that movie. I I will never look at celery the same way. <laughs> Nor should you. Our most mm. recent episode of Deep Fried Tacos was uh, uh, number 614 on November 12th, 2020. And what did Blake choose? <laughs> uh, he wasn't on that one. Tom chose Speed Racer. Joe chose The Quick and the Dead. And I chose Streets of Fire. So Blake has never been on a Deep Fried Tacos <laughs> That's episode. That's exciting. Yeah. We're going to have awesome. to ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but how fun is that that we got the whole gang back together yes. and Blake's first Deep Fried Tacos first episode. First ever. And we already picked all the good ones. So <laughs> good luck. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see. Yeah, I actually had a list of of ones that and uh, that could have worked. So the I, one I <laughs> one I did because I was like I saw it on HBO Max, so I'll watch it again. Okay, I had to go to the guru himself to make sure that I had a deep fried taco. So I texted Dan <laughs> like eight thirty <8:30 laughs> last night. I was like, Hey man, does this one count? And he was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what he thought yeah. about Con Air. See, you want him over? Are, it's true. Yeah. It's true. My choices it's, are great. Make yeah. your case. You will have to it, make your true. case. I, well, I changed it. I, oh, I, yeah. I sent him. An, I sent him another one. I was like, What about this yeah. one? He was like, So spot on. So where should we begin? Who should go first? I feel like. Blake should go first since he's never had to do one. I feel like he should go last and then we can cut him for time. <laughs> I agree. We'll save his for last as yeah. the honorary new member. Oh, so. Okay. So, uh, well, then let's start with Dan since he's the inventor of the deep fried taco, co- coiner of the phrase, owner of the trademark. Uh, Dan yeah. will. We didn't buy that from him when he left. We did not. <laughs> it was part of his severance package. Yes. I. I, I take Bitcoin, Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, or jack-in-box tacos. Well, we'll Bitcoin's you, half price right now. So we'll get you, a, we'll get you an NFT of a, of a movie reel of like the real spoilers logo. I can get That's you some we'll Peloton stock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe. Uh, I think it's all on discount right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's some stuff going on there. Okay, well, um, actually I do. Uh, you know, it's funny because there's – uh, Kevin, as you were reading those, I was like, oh, man, I hope this wasn't in there. Um, uh, and it is one that I uh, to go back to the sort of the roots of this all the drive in movie is I saw this at the drive in and it is um, 1987's Masters of the Universe. Oh, <laughs> uh, OK, so uh, that I. Oh, my God. Yeah. Saw it in theaters as well. I mean, you, you let's just start with the incredible Drew Struzan art. So what, a, I mean, what an amazing poster. poster. 
you you looked at I mean I remember seeing the poster be like oh my god <laughs> you know you had the, the the master of of movie posters for the eighties and the nineties some of the aughts um so you you like you knew it's like well, this is gonna be amazing this guy's great and he's the stamp of quality he was always on you know he always was a favorite of of Lucas he was a favorite of Spielberg it was like you can't miss you've got uh, Dolph Lundgren. Who you know is acting has been suspect, but he certainly looks the part, you know. And and then you got Frank Langella, who was a, a thespian, you know, playing Skeletor. It's like, how can this go wrong? You know. Hey Dan, did it, did it go wrong? Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's just so awful. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like at the drive-in. I remember sitting there being like, man, this. This is terrible. <laughs> so good. I, think, I feel like a movie it's, can it's, be judged by how long it's on, like TBS and TNT purgatory yeah. in the nineties too. Yeah. It's that one stayed there for a while. It was a, uh, you know, before we, you know, kind of go into it because, uh, you know, have you all seen? I this saw. Movie? I've, I've never, seen never seen it. it. I saw it in theaters. Oh, I saw. So it. that's, yeah, that's, I, that's I, I think. Purgatory. So that that came out like. Just as the the He Man Masters of the Universe cartoon was like on the decline, so like the timing yeah, was it, just it off. Turned. Yeah, it had turned. Yeah. And I remember the the trailer came out, and of course, I was He Man was a huge thing for me as a kid. And uh, I my I brought this up to my dad before. I was like, "Didn't we see that in theaters?" And he was like, "Yeah." Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." That's, oh man! But yeah. Courtney Cox is in it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it has Courtney it has Cox, no. Yeah. It has no ties to the show. Like, there's no remnants uh, of the show at all. So, so well, I mean, that, that was like the first problem with this is that it starts out and you're like, all right, we're in Eternia. There's Castle Grayskull. Um, and then you realize, you know, maybe they didn't have all the characters that we thought we were going to see. <laughs> you know, like there's He-Man and there's Skeletor. And, and I have to say, the, I mean, the makeup for Skeletor is a little, eh, it's not great. But uh, Frank Langella, he he really went all in on this. He he approached it like this is going to be great. I'm going to embrace this, and and he he really is one of the highlights of the movie. Is is how much he he puts into this. Like he is he's chewing the scenery, <laughs> which is hard because of the makeup. <laughs> but um, you've got like you know it's like okay so. The whole thing is uh, right off the bat. They've got this uh, Billy Barty's in it, so then you could say, "Okay, Billy Barty's in this." Uh oh, not <laughs> nothing against Billy Barty, but anytime you had Billy Barty in a movie or a TV show, you kind of knew it was like, "Oh, here he, he was always in some sort of hokey little person role." <laughs> well, there you know, there weren't a like, lot of like really it, good little person roles out there. Right, but it, you know, as soon as you, you know, he's got a very distinctive voice, yeah, and, and it like takes you to like laughing, right? Totally, it's like, oh, Billy, Billy Barty is, is just—he's got such—he had such an animated sounding voice, so I was like, well, okay. Um, so then, uh, of course, you've got He Man and Skeletor, so it's like we're in a good spot. And then there's Man at Arms and and Tila, and they kind of don't look like they <laughs> should look based on the cartoons. I mean, it's like, look. You've got all these characters. You've got all these, yeah, all these figures. So you shouldn't struggle to come up with like a look for them, Uh, you know. And then they, uh, they've got the uh, uh, Billy Barty comes in and he's the uh, uh, locksmith Gwildor, and he's this little 
you know, he, he makes something called the cosmic key <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, what is this crap? And it plays, you got to play like a little musical number on this thing. It's like Simon. It's and like it playing Simon. Yeah, it's like bleep, bloop, bloop, bar, and the thing starts, and it's like, and it starts. They, they, and then the effects immediately. You see, okay, this didn't really have much of an effects budget. I think they spent it all on Skeletor and the Castle Grayskull set, <laughs> yeah. and they did. That's it. The highlight of the movie and the best parts of this movie is the beginning because it doesn't get any better. It only gets worse because <laughs> hey, guess what? The first thing they do. Besides introducing a bunch of villains that we've never seen before. Yep. Some, I mean, I think they have Beast Man, and then they have like some lizardy guy, and then some guy who clearly is one of those 80s villains. He's got like stabby hands and like <laughs> forks and knives and all this stuff. And he's but there's got, no like, Moss Man. Moss just, Man's not in it. No Moss Man. There's no, you know, Merman. There's none of that stuff. Um, the first thing they do is use the cosmic key. Um, because uh, Castle Grayskull's already been taken over. So they use a cosmic key to escape to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, where it's for, cheaper to film. I was going to say. Yeah. Well, it's when you're <laughs> filming in Eternia, they don't film, they, uh, Tom. Yeah, they don't film. So then the battles the, the battles of He-Man take place in Los Angeles in a school gym. <laughs> uh, they take place in a house. And they take place down a street. That's pretty that brilliant, alley. though, to budget a big movie like this to set it in the real world where yeah. you have regular sets. I, yeah. I, I don't get they why take... it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The big, the big midpoint se- action sequence takes place uh, what basically looks like the behind of a Home Depot. With a bunch of <laughs> pallets and it was a Lowe's. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was Lowe's. Yeah, they they had a little bit of budget. Yeah. Um, it, this movie, it, it, it's 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 just so awful, and um, it, and with each passing minute, like you can see that they had less and less budget to the point where there there's a uh, fight, and He Man uh, somehow is able to, to uh, uh, take one of the villains' uh, hoverboards, yeah, and yep. they have they're hovering down the street. And when they show the actors, they're clearly like basically standing up on a car and keep looking back <laughs> and, you know, and it's about five miles an hour going down the road. It's terrible. Oh, it's like an episode them, of Boba Fett. It, yeah, yeah. It's it, same crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mods. Um, then when, you know, they show them uh, a full figure going by, it's clearly like nice for body positivity. Figures. <laughs> yeah, it's some action figures. Just kind of going it's it's just it's just it's just bad. Did uh, they watch Back to the Future is, Two it, and go, "We need hoverboards"? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is is it? This is it has that same sort of. Uh, if you want to see like do a, a comparison and contrast, take that and then take this because. <laughs> But they this were like, have, you know, we should do that, but we don't have anybody. But this would have came this out pre, before Back, Back to the, the Future, Future 2. It? Yeah. yeah, it's 87. So yeah. Back to the Future 2 is 87. Yeah, I think so. No, oh, it wasn't in the 90s. It's 89, yeah. I think. Okay. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. So they so said the, that uh, could villains, be cool, hinge- but we'll do it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you actually have somebody standing on something, it might work. Yeah. Sawrod. So it's Beast Man. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sar- Sarod, Blade, and Karg are the uh, 
uh, henchmen that they send. So basically they're like, yeah, you know, we can only afford to keep Beastman and we're going to make it act, keep him going on the uh, animated series. The rest of you are all going to die. <laughs> yeah, we're not. You're Just put this red shirt on, will you? Because yeah. we don't need you anymore. Yeah. I would love to be in the executive meetings for movies <laughs> like this where they're just like, oh, what do we care? That kid's going to buy it anyways. You know? <laughs> Canon films, man. That's who this yeah. is. This is but they do, films all day. It, this is classic canon films. They do uh, end up getting back to uh, uh, Eternia and back, back to Castle Grayskull to reclaim it okay. um, <laughs> and have the slowest uh, action battle between the two leads you will ever see. Because clearly <laughs> um, the sword seems to be very heavy. And Frank Langella can't really move. And they, so it's like this real slow-mo fight. Um, but I will say that one thing this movie does, and, and not a lot of movies did back then, is it does have a post credit sequence. Oh. So, it's very uh, it forward-thinking. It's, it's, <laughs> it is gloriously bad. Um, was you, Ferris you really Bueller the first, or what was the first? Uh, I believe the first major motion picture with a post-credit sequence would have been the Muppet movie. Oh, oh yeah. where they cut where the usher who comes out like comes well, out at the end. Uh, uh, Sweetums, Sweetums burst yeah, through, yeah, and yeah, he's like, right. he's finally made the Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, it, this is, is it, it is epically bad. Um, it is something though. It's like I every time I get a chance to see it, I'm like, ooh, all right. I own it's, this on Blu-ray. I, <laughs> I absolutely have like the special edition of this movie. Yeah, a... it's 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 so. Uh, I mean, it does have, and it is widely considered uh, a cult film. But I would say no, that's too generous. This is a deep fried <laughs> taco. Yeah, the cult... it did make seventeen million, but. Yeah, the phrase yeah. cult film gets thrown on a little too easily. I would agree with that. I think these days. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's like I think I think usually the producers or or people involved with the movie are trying to like they go, Oh, it's a cult film. Right. You know, <laughs> trying not. to reclaim it. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, the, yeah, the fans get it, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't slap that on uh, yeah. Cult film, there's a devout uh audience uh, of people who will like you know they make conventions that people right. go to for cult films defry tacos it's a very very small number of people <laughs> you're not gonna get a convention you might get a zoom <laughs> right <laughs> which is what you, we have going on right now yeah. cult film would be like exactly i, I think of boondock saints oh, yeah, evil, that really big yeah, I think by the time yeah. it gets elevated to cult film then it's it's officially no longer a deep fried taco yeah 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 which is why i had Thank to you. ask the yeah. guru before right. I picked mine. Well, then yeah. let's segue to see what uh, what Joe has brought to the table. So, it's funny on the theme of canon films. All three of the my picks are also from canon. Yeah, we films. can see a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought about Superman four. Uh, I asked Dan Ooh. about Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, uh, but what I came down to is one of the things that I that I find about deep fried tacos is the time in which I saw them and how I saw them. Right. So there used to be an old video store at the top of my block. I've said this before star video. It was basically like quick stop video. Like there was a guy behind the counter that looked like Randall uh, and would just let me rent whatever I wanted. Right. Uh, The one that comes to mind is (laughs) that Canon films had a good run of decent movies, ninja movies. They had just the movie Ninja that was perceived really well. Ninja two that did fairly well. Ninja three, does not do well, but kind of garnered a cult status, uh, but didn't do well. And then they were just like, 
we need to make a white guy a ninja. Like, that's what we need to do. And they <laughs> made American Ninja uh, from 1985, starring Michael Dudikoff, uh, who that guy's story is crazy. Like, he was kind of canon's golden child. Like, he was going to be Superman if they couldn't get Christopher Reeve back for oh. Superman 4. He was going to be their Spider-Man when they had the rights to Spider-Man, when Toby Hooper was going to make a Spider-Man movie. Uh, and then he kind of just stuck around for canon films in, like... <laughs> quote unquote ninja roles that's basically what he i'm did. not sure that's good for your long-term career it's yeah. not i'll just be the canon film guy <laughs> that's great be the right? canon film guy uh so this is he is a no-named army private they they don't like when they go to ask this guy's name they go to look at his file and they're like we got nothing but like he's walking around with the name armstrong like plastered on his shirt <laughs> the entire time the record keeping was not that good back <laughs> but they're then. like what's his birth date unknown what's his name unknown where's he from unknown I'm like how did this guy get into the army <laughs> with no information about him whatsoever I, yeah i feel like they tend to ask questions a little bit yeah, yeah. They just took they just took anyone back then they, were they did yeah well post vietnam you know yeah. everything's kind of chilled gotta out get the numbers yeah, up. gotta get those numbers up uh so he uh, accidentally thwarts uh, a kidnapping of this cor- this corporal's daughter, played by uh, Julia Aronson, who you might she was in a Friday the Thirteenth. She was in, uh, I think she was the friend in Weird Science. Hmm. I think that's she was in that. Uh, and in doing so, he saves the corporal's daughter, but like loses four of the army dudes at the same oh. time. So everybody hates him now because. He let these men die and like they court martial. It's a big mess. Turns out the corporal is the bad guy the entire time. He's selling uh, arms to the, the this Filipino general. They don't really say Filipino bad guy who just wears white suits. That's how you know he's the bad guy because he just wears white suits with like brightly colored. And the whole movie takes place after Labor Day. (laughs) So that's how you know he is the worst. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And to Dan's point about the slow action, right? You you're watching a ninja movie. You expect some decent uh, ninja action. Well, not if the ninja's American. I don't. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) You expect the other guys to beat up the American. No, it is some of the slowest. Uh, <laughs> rudimentary like we're gonna flip you over my shoulder but go real slow because yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna land right so it's just like some of the slowest and <laughs> I the got sciatica <laughs> <laughs> some of the worst Steven Seagal later action like, uh, is, absolutely I've seen the clips uh, yes. from when he got older and he just stopped like he's getting up from chairs during action scenes <laughs> can you fight they me just, from like, this chair they like, like jump Floyd, like Oprah. Floyd the barber <laughs> post stroke <laughs> pretty good That's, yeah <laughs> Uh, what is so, Seagal beating him with a menu? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, watch those clips. What Look was up the Seagal. what was the one? Oh, the Glimmer Man. That's what. That's the one with Keenan Ivory Wayans. Oh. That's real bad. Okay. Um, so I'm yeah, talking so, like in the last five years, he's still trying to do movies sometimes, and he is, and the people like flip over him, like he touches <laughs> them, and they have do you a ever flip. seen his uh, Aikido like actual demonstrations? I believe so. Where like people just run at him, <laughs> and he just like, like the same, barely yeah. moves, and yeah, like, and they fly and, over like, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. where it comes from. Yeah. Aikido is really really silly. It's and, like an art. It's just he like does, a, a he does martial arts the way a uh, televangelist does faith healing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, pretty good. Where people go, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he ends up getting framed for the murder of all of the because the the corporal or the 
the corporal and the sergeant, they all know that he actually knows what's going on. Mm. So he has to fight his way out. Uh, and it's not good. It's really not good. The whole ending sequence, like it comes down to uh, the. So, oh, the other thing is he's like Jason Bourne. He has amnesia. He doesn't know where he comes from. He doesn't know anything about himself. He just knows that he can do all. <laughs> but of he his, remembers ninja crap. <laughs> but he remembers all of his training from this guy. So it That's turns out it's been built into it's, him. It's, it is okay. hard. It is hardwired into yeah. his his DNA that he can do ninja moves very slowly. Uh, so the end the end fight is like the the big ninja versus our American ninja, and all of a sudden uh, the the head bad guy ninja has like guns like gauntlets in his armor and he just starts shooting at the ninja at, at joe is the guy's guns name. Yeah. and ninja, then ninjas out of, are all about guns out of nowhere he has lasers and just <laughs> oh starts shooting it's just one well, it's, i'm a little disappointed <laughs> that they called it american ninja when they could have called it laser ninja they could have that feels like a missed <laughs> opportunity I mean, the japanese are very technologically savvy that's true so, Seriously, though, that's true what is better though than a movie called american ninja american trying ninja. to create ninjas with the american sense and they give them guns and lasers. Guns like, and lasers. It, it's yeah. per, I mean, but yeah. it's not mentioned. It's just one time he shoots one laser and that's it. It's never brought up but again. Someone said, it's these, never referenced again. These ninjas again. are pussies. They need guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the crazy thing. It's not really fair if you're always going to the laser. I guess that's true. You know what you I mean? get one. Right. You're not you really a one. ninja. It's like it's like in video games when you have like that one special move and right. you got to wait to the right yeah. point to use it. Yeah. Well, he mm. used it poorly. I always ended up dying without using it because I'm always like, well, maybe I'm going to need it more later. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm dead. Oh. Battery tech in the 80s was very unadvanced. He just had time. one he giant D cell yeah. battery like yeah. attached to his back. He's like, you get one. That's yeah. all you get. You get one shot. Sorry. Uh, about yeah. So, the, of course, the movie was a very long refractory period. <laughs> <laughs> he say, of course, he saves the the daughter and every happy ending. Blah blah blah. This movie somehow oh, made a happy ending. Yeah, it's not all bad. Not all bad. So there was this, one, more than one laser shot. Uh, there was one. Yeah, there was an extra one. I'm Dan just Dan waiting for the maracas. Dan, Dan is out. <laughs> the maracas are here, and Dan's uh, on Zoom. <laughs> I know. I'm like. Uh... At least, at least we can get the groan though. The, yeah, the groan is worth the a, trademark groan. Two two Morocco shakes is a yeah. groan. Uh, somehow this movie got three sequels. Uh, there's an American Ninja two, also starring Michael Dudikoff. Uh, there's American, an American Ninja, Ninja in Paris. That's right, American Ninja three with the Legend guess, of Curly's Gold. I guess they couldn't get Michael Dudikoff to come back for three. Uh, but they did get I mean, him. How do you really get someone back of that star power? That you are. But how do you recapture on. that magic? Yeah, you don't. You bring him back for part four. Three That's lasers. what you do. Oh, <laughs> you, they oh, like the Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. of, of so the, they, the guy that they got in part three comes back for part four, and they're like, this is what we're going to do. They, the high, they Highlander <laughs> endgamed it, where they just brought both guys together uh, and put them together. Vin this Diesel's was, like, have you guys ever seen the American <laughs> Ninja movies? <laughs> so this was originally made uh, initially for Chuck Norris. If you know anything about canon, it's like that they had two piles. That's the theory is that they had two two piles of scripts, one for Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. one for Chuck Bronson. Like that's what they had. And they're like, which one would you like? That's true. Uh, and they would also send like promo stuff before they'd even made the movie. Right. So if you look, there's promo images for Spider-Man. There's promo images for Masters of the Universe 2. Superman, trying to get money. Superman 5. That's exactly yeah. what they were doing. So they released a promo of the American Ninja with Chuck Norris. Mm. And then Chuck Norris is like, no. He's like he covers his face the entire time. I'm not doing that. Oh, he does. He, but he doesn't. Oh, like, 
he doesn't wear a face covering until the last five, ten minutes of the movie. Dudikoff's like, yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> yeah, that. Dudikoff's like, you're going to pay me how much? Okay. <laughs> but, like, again, with the, you know, Canon Films is notorious for cutting budgets, like, as movies are going. And it's obvious in this one as well. Like, they started off really well, and then it just got progressively worse yeah. as they went. I'm going to sue Canon Films because I saw a Chuck Norris promo. And <laughs> There's no you, Chuck did Norris. Did you see the, the <laughs> yeah. news about Anna de Armas? Where From people, the movie Yesterday? Oh, yeah, where, where yeah. people are suing because yeah. she was in a trailer for Yesterday, and then she's not in the actual movie. The Beatles movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she really? Was, she was, like, cut. She was the so, alternate love interest, yeah, she, and they decided not to use that storyline. Seemed like a jerk. Oh, yeah. like even, though, he, even though the whole point of the movie was that a, fame turns the guy into yeah. a jerk, right? Yeah. Like how many movies? That was a how many movie. movie trailers cut anything? It doesn't matter for Shailene, persons, Shailene it, Woodley was in Spider Man Two. She filmed a bunch as Mary Jane. Yeah. She filmed a bunch of stuff as Mary Jane. There's and they're just like, never mind. But yeah, cut I, that out. It's so ridiculous. I'm like, if there's anything, I want to see that Bradley Cooper scene from Licorice Pizza where he's smashing the cars. Yeah, I'm like get get a lawsuit for that because I want to see that scene. That he's so great in that movie, and that scene looked crazy. Let's just yeah. sue everybody. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's kind of that's where kind we of are. Yeah, uh, I will say. Let's go American Ninja <laughs> on on them all. There are, there are two great <laughs> documentaries about Canon Films. One is called Electric Boogaloo because they produced the yeah. Breaking Break Series. The Breaking yeah. Series. There, and that's not produced by the guys that created Canon Films. The guys that created Canon Films knew that there was a documentary coming out that may or may not them so they rushed a second documentary oh, out that classic canon films classic canon films they're like yeah. chuck norris <laughs> yeah, they're like chuck you bronson they're, they're like yeah. you effed with the wrong movie studio so like, they they put out a, a second documentary that paints them in a very different light uh they are both oh. thoroughly enjoyable you electric boogaloo is kind of where it's at that's the good one uh but they're both out there yeah. they're both very good so awesome what is Warriors. the name of that second one because i did not even know about it. uh i don't know I'll look it up, but Electric Boogaloo is the right. is the better of the two. You're oh yeah, if dirt. you haven't seen that, you need, you need to see that. They have a lot of people involved in that. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is actually uh, a hoot in it because he kind of like bags on on He Man. It's so weird to know <laughs> that know, he's he like even, such a smart he's dude. Even yeah. at the, he, he's pointing at the poster. He's like, look, this should be good. <laughs> <laughs> it should be it should be Dolph. It's called the Go Go Boys. The inside oh. story of Canon okay. Films. Like, that's oh, the, and why did they call it? I don't know. No. Okay, but that's Go. that's them. All right. Yeah, because well, Canon Films. Yes. Uh, is it Golden Globus? I mean, oh, maybe that's what it is. Them. Like, they're both of their names start with yeah. G O. Okay. So yeah, that could, that's oh. probably right. <laughs> and they're trying to make their own like little uh, you know monikers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we should call us a Google Boys. Yeah, hey, Quit trying Google to make boys. fetch a thing, Canon Films. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. So who's next? Me or you? Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay. So the year is 2004. The film is directed by Jeff Schaefer, the executive producer of Seinfeld and the showrunner of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He'd go on to create some shows, The League and Dave, recently with Lil Dicky. Okay. The film is also executive produced by Ivan Reitman. It stars Matt Damon, Jeffrey Tambor, Lucy Lawless, Fred Armisen, Vinnie Jones, and cameos. It also stars Scott Mechelwitz, Jacob Pitts, Travis Wester, and Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, with the, with the popularity of the horny teen comedy like American Pie, Road Trip, Van Wilder, the filmmakers decided to follow the footsteps of another popular <laughs> raunchy movie that came out a few years earlier. 
This movie is called Euro Trip. <laughs> yep. Oh god. I just watched this again ooh, a few months ago. I love this movie. I've it, never seen it. It it's, is just right in the sweet spot for our age. Me, yeah. me, Joe, Blake, we're like 2004 we're at that age the american pie stuff van wilder you know all that stuff is is huge and and road trip was berlin i am going nowhere near berlin yeah in <laughs> 2000 in 2000 road trip comes out and then they may and then they're like well we got a popular let's do this again and do it with the horny teen comedy and uh this movie is hilarious there's it's endlessly quotable there's so many things from again people of our generation that comes from this thing there's the email that comes in mail mother- yeah. I knew so many people that had <laughs> had that as their uh, text message ringtone oh, type yeah, thing, you yeah. know, right? You've got that. You've got the miscuzzi, miscuzzi. Probably Fred one of the greatest cameos. Oh, I think it is. Uh, absolutely. Matt, Matt Damon has the greatest cameo yeah. of all time. And the in fact that, movie. that they got him for this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think he was paid is what I heard. Or if he was, it was like scale. It was okay. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it was like he, he was a, like a friend of, uh, of it's a one friend. Of the pro- this is the Project of, Greenlight of the, guy, isn't it? No, no, I don't think so. this guy was a producer on Seinfeld. I mean, he's been around for a while. Yeah, it was like a it was like a college friend's friend. Or oh, OK. And, and okay. They're like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> it was during the Gulf War and a SARS outbreak. They couldn't get anyone to do a cameo, but it was relief. They found out Damon was in Prague and willing to help. That's so great. I That's mean, it's crazy. So because when he shows up, your mind is blown because you're yeah. watching this movie, which, again, we all love. Yeah. It's hilarious. But you don't expect Matt Damon, who at that time, I mean, he was a serious actor. Oh, yeah. You, you did not expect it. So when he shows up, it's As great. As opposed to now where he's just garbage. Well, yeah. now he just talks about crypto. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's, he's I mean, shilling bill Bitcoin. How, so. the, how the mighty have fallen. Or Bitcoin knockoffs. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, this movie is, you know, it starts off with that 2000s uh, oh, infographic style, like, uh, and it's great. There's the great music in it, you know, it's like, the. T- I mean, it just Who's has- the girlfriend? A, Isn't that Lana Lang from Smallville? Uh, yeah, Kristen Kruk. Kristen Kruk. Yeah. Is that is the, the, Fiona? Is, Fiona, yeah, up yeah, with, yeah, yeah. So, so we're introduced to Scott and Fiona. They're at graduation. Fiona dumps Scott and his family instantly surrounds him. And the, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, the dad, is trying to videotape <laughs> and like, he's heartbroken. He just got dumped. She's like, yeah, I, you know, and we don't know- for who yet <laughs> so uh the next day scott gets an email for or later that night he gets an email from his pen pal who he thinks is mike. named mike yeah. and so they go for a little bit thinking like his friend cooper is like yeah just your weird internet friend sounds like he wants to have sex with you <laughs> i mean this is the early 2000s so Which, of course by the way i saw so cooper is that guy who plays cooper is so Jacob good Pitts. in that is such an asshole and yeah. great in this role and i've seen um the first season of what's that Jessica Biel uh the sinner the sinner okay he's like the one of the like bat main like antagonists yeah. in that first season and I'm like oh really and he, and I'm like wow is like, he good Oh, he's great. That, have you I seen want, that show? No. That I show's really good. Because I was wondering where he went because I was watching this thinking he's so good in this role. Like he fits that he's perfect. completely opposite. D-bag. Oh. He's, he's, like D-bag. A, he's like a kind of a white trash. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Like D-bag in the, in, in the center. He's really gotcha. good. It's all on Netflix. Good stuff. So he's like, stop messing around with your, you know, this guy wants to have sex with you probably. It's the 2000s, of course. The comedy's dated. It's full of the gay jokes or whatever. So they go to a party and this is where, I mean, out of nowhere, you know, Scott's kind of just, you know, bummed out. And then this song comes on and we see Fiona run to the front of the stage. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's his girlfriend. Which, and, by the way, lots of house parties have like full. Full band. Yeah. Like full, I'm thinking like, like old, old school yeah. when like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they have the stage in the back. Well, at well, least at, like, at a fraternity mm-hmm. party. Yeah. I guess that's true. It's a yeah. little different. And he's, you know, the owner of a. Of a bunch of like, like successful yeah. sound systems. Like, so yeah, he yeah, would probably yeah. like. 
have access. <laughs> that's true. But that's true. Like but that. that's also what's great about this movie because it it the style is so unique. And like I read the credits of the director and the writer of this movie, like he's got a really good you know finger on the pulse of comedy and has for many years and so you've got this like irreverent random humor that's almost like a parody movie uh you know it reminded me of like a loaded gun or like a um of a naked gun movie like a Zaz movie yeah exactly just like a, you can clearly tell his inspiration was Zaz movies and so um yeah, oh, i can't yeah. stop it <laughs> but so you get really random stuff like the party stuff is random the things that happen are random like leslie nielsen getting some weird situation <laughs> in naked gun like it doesn't live in the real world but but then it also has this silly teen comedy thing. So it's a really funny style. So anyway, Matt Damon comes out and sings Scotty Doesn't Know, which again, like that song, everyone was singing that and repeating it. And we and felt bad for our buddy names. Looking yeah. back on it, I had a buddy, we had a buddy named Scotty. Right. If you ever had a friend named Scott, that's the thing. Yeah. So it became <laughs> such a thing with people our age that loved this movie. And so, you know, and the whole lyrics of the song, like <laughs> like the thing, he, he he's, oh, and he goes, this is dedicated to the freakiest little sex puppet he knows. <laughs> Happy anniversary <laughs> to the girl. <laughs> that just dumps Scott you know the day we should before. play it over like in the episode we should put some of it in the episode because it's so good Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday she tells him she's in church but she doesn't go still she's on her knees and Scotty doesn't know oh Scotty doesn't know so don't tell yeah, as long as Facebook doesn't. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> good lord. Um, but uh, you know, everyone at the party is cheering, rocking out, and Scott is just like brokenhearted. So uh, the next morning, he wakes up from being hungover. The, it, the best thing too about that song is yeah. how they use it in the rest of the the, the movie too, like in different languages. Or? Well, like it's in like the, there's like elevator music version yeah. of it at one point. Oh and, like, yeah, like, like it's, it's like just, a worldwide hit that follows yeah, him just, around. Yeah, though. it follows him around the entire entire sometimes subtly to where it just yeah i mean again the whole the whole song is basically about matt damon (laughs) he thought that you were church plowing the bejesus out of fiona and like like he thought that you were church but he she was on her knees yeah scotty's like watching this entire oh it is (laughs) it's such an like an awkward moment everyone's cheering and he's broken hearted already and he hears these lyrics like it's it's funny it just is so the next morning he wakes up hungover and his little brother's at his computer reading his emails and he's like who's mika and he's like you're stupid it's mike no you moron it's mika and he's like no here's a picture and it's like this big german guy and this you know beautiful woman and he's like no there's her cousin uh jan or no that's jan and that's mike no that's jan a male (laughs) german name and that's mika you know and so he's like oh my god i didn't mention the night before he like blows off mike's email and is just like you're creepy based on cooper's advice don't ever contact me again get your hands away from my genitals and this woman's (laughs) basically was like trying to reach out and come to america and everything so Anyway, um, he realizes that he's been an idiot, and uh, Cooper convinces him to go to Germany and find Mika, apologize, and get some. You know, again, raunchy teen comedy. The whole right. point is, let's go to Germany to get some. It's right. The, it's it's like stripes, right? Like that's yeah. you know, where they they end up finding who is it? Uh, PJ Souls and oh, Sean yeah. Young. You know. So halfway around the world in Germany, we see that uh, Mika has blocked him, like block, email blocked, (laughs) don't have her number or whatever. So uh, Cooper convinces them to go. They get cheap airfare working as couriers. Like at least the movie has its own internal logic. One thing I really like is how you're just like, well, yeah, this is a ridiculous premise, but they actually like explain little things along the way to where it's like, okay, well, yeah, I guess this would kind of work out. Um, but they go to a pub. They meet Vinnie Jones, who <laughs> leads the soccer hooligans there. And they show up, and, and Vinnie Jones like, this is a members-only club. Sing the Manchester United rally song or whatever. 
and they start swinging, singing like it's not Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. But is it Sweet Caroline? I think it's it's Sweet Caroline. No, it's not. But it's uh, uh, she takes the, the oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And so morning train. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they they look well at done. him. They, What's that? Said well done by uh, Sheena Easton. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah. That's what I expected. So it was originally called Nine to Five, hmm. but they had to because uh, because they the movie? but they had to change it because of the song Nine to Five yeah. by Dolly Parton. Uh, but in other right. parts of the world, it's called Nine to Five. See, the, that's why you're here. Yeah. yeah. But this movie is basically told in like and it's my house. That's oh, true. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> that's fair. But there's so many little vignettes like this. They're all oh, just that, it's so like a bunch great. of sketches that are put. That's exactly what it always. I but it feels organic. It feels like a movie. Though, right, so There's it doesn't some connective tissue. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like just sketches. The thing is that you're with these characters. It's funny. The sketches are all good. They're all good segments. Uh, so uh, you know, Vinnie Jones and the soccer hooligans are pulling up their sleeves, getting their brass knuckles out, about to fight him. And and Vinnie Jones looks at him and goes, "Pretty damn good." And they all start <laughs> singing "Morning Train" together. You know, it's just funny. They wake up the next morning. They're on the double decker bus, and they realize that they're going in the opposite direction. Uh, and so they're in France now, and they see a French guy with the French soccer jersey on or football jersey. Mm-hmm. And, Get uh, it right. I know. Yeah. I'm just, you know, we're in France now. And they all start chasing. You can tell because the ladies wear no pants. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. how you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, they're in Paris, and they join up with the twins. They're going sightseeing. Uh, the twins are uh, Michelle, Michelle Trachtenberg and, and the other, the other guy, guy, who are both good, really good too. And uh, they basically uh, they get into a fight with a street performing robot and do like a <laughs> dance fight movie. And this is another one of those Zucker Abrams moments where like it doesn't it's like it doesn't make any sense in the real world, right? Like the movie's not grounded, but it also isn't a parody movie. It lives somewhere in between to where like this robot guy is like uh, Scott starts doing a robot dance. The <laughs> robot guy's like, this is my territory. And then they have a dance off, but it's a fight. But Scott is fighting him in slow motion with robot like, moves. Yeah, like <laughs> Matrix style. Yeah. Almost. To where like this in the real world, obviously nothing like that would happen, but it's a part of this world that we're watching and it just happens and it's hilarious and they're they're fighting and really you know it's not like they're pretending you feel like they're fighting in this style it makes no sense uh, but it's so good um, and like this street I didn't get his name but the guy that plays the robot is a character actor that's been like a hundred things like there's so many people in this movie um, after that they get stuck on a train with a creepy Italian guy played by Fred, Fred Armisen <laughs> every time they go under a tunnel Fred he's, Armisen has his uh, hand on his, on his leg he gets closer to uh, it's the the it's boy the, it's, brother. The bro- it's the brother there, yeah. um, who's uh, Jamie, Jamie, I think is his name. I couldn't even. Which that's probably one of the earlier Fred Armisen roles that I remember. Oh, that's, I don't yeah. even remember him before that. Like, he I was realized... on SNL probably. No, that was before. Was, then? This was way before. Oh, okay. Because yeah. right yeah, yeah. when I went that. back and watched it one time, I was like, oh, that's Fred Armisen. Um, he started in Blue Man Group, didn't he? He did? I think oh. so. He was yeah. part of it. Oh, that's wild. It, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Jamie, uh, Jamie, he keeps getting closer to Jamie every tunnel, and then they're like, "Uh oh, a long one." And like, obviously today, this type of joke is not acceptable. But you know, it's—I mean, it's not like this guy was really in danger. Like he puts his hand on his leg, and he's like, "Miscusi." It's just a <laughs> stupid joke, right? Yeah. It's dumb humor. So then they're like, "Oh, it's a long one." They go through the tunnel, and you hear him, Jamie, like, "Ah!" And then uh, Fred Armisen has his pants off, and he's smoking a cigarette. You know, like, I mean, nothing really happened, but it's just a dumb joke. Oh, so something happened. Well. You know, we're allowed to but these Jamie's not distraught, like you know, in the corner or anything. It's just goofy, right? So anyway, next they go to okay, a okay, Louis C.K. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. They end up uh, going to Amsterdam, and that's where they see Lucy Lawless. She runs a club called Club Vandersex. Yeah. 
And uh, again, another the humor in this movie hits so well. She she welcomes uh, Cooper, and Cooper is like all sexed up, and he wants to go to to the club. And she's like, "I will fulfill all your fantasies, anything you want." Blah blah. blah. And he holds up a flyer and goes, and it says, "I get a free T-shirt if I bring this flyer." <laughs> like you know, like she's like every fantasy, whatever. And he's talking about the T-shirt, yeah. I, little stuff like that. It's so random. Which you he's know. the stifler of that movie. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, so meanwhile, Scott and Jenny are sharing hash brownies, or what they think are hash brownies. Uh, in this Rastafarian place. Uh, they're in Amsterdam now. And then uh, Jamie goes to get his camera serviced because he's like, you know, he's a... Yeah, he has a Leica, like M5. M7, or yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, the, the worker says, what is that, an M6? He's like, M7. <laughs> and so he's sweet-talking her. They go out back in the alley and, and start hooking up. And uh, uh, it's Diedrich Bader comes by to rob him. You know, like there's so many random stars in this movie, I guess, because the director, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, so he gets robbed and without their money and their passports and all there, they're forced to hitchhike. That's where they get the funny driver guy yeah. who all he does is speak German and they don't really understand him. And Scott, well, they just hear Berlin. Scott's German is horrible. So he's and, like, you know, he's blah, like, blah, oh, Berlin yeah, I'm going nowhere near Berlin. And yeah, <laughs> like, there's yeah. subtitles. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I killed a man in Berlin. I'm yeah. never going anywhere near there again. And they all look at each other. Berlin. Yeah. yeah like, like when he's <laughs> making like the stabbing motion. too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many great moments. That's so, one of my favorite scenes in that movie. It really is. And, it's, again, it's endlessly quotable with all these little things. Uh, so they end up going to this little shanty town. They go to well, a they go, they it's Eastern Europe. So yeah, they, like Eastern Europe. And so one of my best friends, he's married to a Slovakian woman. They met uh, while he was doing his masters at Mississippi State. Now they live in Poland, but she hates this movie. Oh, <laughs> the country they're they're in is Slovakia. Oh, okay. oh. And, they don't call it Slovakia, but is that what they're alluding to? They call yeah, it like well, no, they, it's um. Oh, what city is it? started with a B and I can't remember. Uh, it's a city in Slovakia. But, yeah. Or, okay. But Miami Vice, number one new show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah know, there's like, this <laughs> like they're so outdated from America. Yeah. This guy's just like so, so like she hates it, so I sent her a Miami Vice uh Christmas <laughs> ornament last year. Oh my god. But from the movie. No, oh, just no, the yeah. Miami Vice. <laughs> Cause, Hilarious. Cause Jer- Jeremy, my buddy, is he, he likes to he's like a dad joke troll. Like he just yeah. loves to <laughs> like needle and push and uh and so i'm like i thought he would enjoy that so. <laughs> so they're in this this city and they go into a club they apparently have this awesome club in there though and uh they're playing a foreign cover scotty doesn't know the dj's playing this remix i mean well, the song well is you, a- you also have to they're, they're broke yeah they have like five dollars between them or whatever but apparently that gets them anything they want yeah <laughs> the exchange rate is so high right. in eastern europe so uh so you uh see they them. buy the hotel with like a dime or yeah. Whatever. yeah uh they're taking absinthe yeah, i wonder why she doesn't like this movie yeah, yeah. i had never uh, until moulin rouge i didn't know what absinthe was and i think this movie was it makes of, the heart grow fonder yeah there it is yeah. apparently yeah. you know they're playing up on the popularity of that so they're all doing absinthe and they're seeing green fairies and all that um, are they really seeing green fairies or is it more more gay jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real, the real green fairy. Gosh, <laughs> okay, yeah. just checking. So he finally makes Amika's apartment, but he's too late. Uh, you know, after she got Scott's mean email, she decided to leave for the summer. She was going to visit America, but the weird little Hitler child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, again, that's just another joke that probably wouldn't fly. But it's stupid. It's a kid in Germany, and he it's draws a, a marker mustache and is in the background hiling, he, <laughs> like goose stepping in the background. Yeah, it's. <laughs> 
anyway, it's just a dumb background joke. But the dad says she's already left for the summer. Uh, she's taking a tour at the Vatican before she leaves. Uh, so they're like, well, we have no money, whatever. Jamie makes the nice move. I mean, there's heart in this movie, surprisingly. But Jamie sells his prize camera, his M7, so they can get money to, to travel and to get him to the Vatican. So the final scene, or one of the final scenes, really, the climax here is when they go through a series a of hijinks. <laughs> one of the uh they're going through a series of hijinks in the vatican and so cooper and scott are unknowingly uh ring the bell signifying that the pope is dead <laughs> then they're trying on the papal hat and like it catches on fire on one of the candles so they throw it in the chimney then white smoke is coming out of it <laughs> and everyone in, in, in there in rome is like oh they've elected a new pope they're mourning him then they go to oh they've already elected one and they're saying oh history in the making and scott tumbles into some gold robes and things and like dresses up like the pope you know just goofy like that's very like airplane it, it, it yeah, is yeah. totally is. he stumbles into the robes and puts them on and trips out the window and then he's on the 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 ledge and they're all like hey it's the new pope and he's sitting there waving super goofy but he spots mika in the crowd he runs down there professes his love to her and of course she just thinks that's amazing um they're about to get apprehended by guards and vinnie jones and the soccer hooligans <laughs> show back up and save the day and of course the guards are like Oh no, soccer hooligans! We better <laughs> let them go, and that's the, that's the end of that conflict. Um, they end up hooking up, and there's this scene uh, where they're in a confessional, um, and it's uh, what's what's her name? Mindy from, Sterling, yeah, from uh, Austin Powers. Yep. Yeah, Mindy Sterling shows up, and uh, you know they're banging in the confessional, and like she's like, "Father's telling him something," and up against the window, you see butt cheeks just <laughs> pressing against the thing. So um, so Mika leaves for her trip and says, Scott, write me, you know, we're going to stay in touch. Jamie stays behind to work for Frommer's uh, tour, tour books, and uh, the other ones go home. Three months later, the three of them are at college. Jenny and Cooper are dating now. Uh, Cooper finally realizes Jenny's a girl. He always thought of her as a dude before. And Mika shows up to surprise Scott as his college roommate uh, because the school mistook her for a guy, Mike, just like he did. So it all comes full circle, happily ever after. It's such a silly movie. I didn't even mention, like, they go to a nude beach because, of course, guys going to a nude <laughs> beach. Uh, and at this season, is tourist season, so it's all dudes. You see just, like, 50 wieners hanging <laughs> out. I mean, it's that type of shock Old humor. fat dude. It's, yeah, everyone that's going to Tiny see... Tiny yeah. <laughs> Everyone going to see naked women, and it's all dudes, and they're running away. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg shows up, and the brother, Jamie, is like, no, because she's about to take her swim stuff. This is a nude beach, right? She just showed up, and uh, all the guys chase her, and you see naked old butts, you know, going at it. <laughs> It's a flat butts. It's a fun Uh movie to where I recognize some of it was wouldn't play today, but I still watched and I'm like, it's not any of it is not uh, malicious, right? It's not mean spirited. It's not mean spirited. Um, It's a product of its time. It's a product of its time. It still is funny. Like it still holds up and uh, is it was a good watch. It's it's definitely you had to be in the right age group for it. Like you and Dan (laughs) probably (laughs) wouldn't enjoy it as much as which is what makes it the deep fried taco. We grew up with movies like Porky's. Yeah, and this is yeah, and this is I think this is in the vein of Porky's. This is much so hundred. This is I I have seen this movie and I as you're everything you're saying I'm like oh my god I, I yeah. remember this but um I and it's it's it is it's it's Porky's yeah. of its it's, this is Animal House Porky's for was, the 2000s generation yeah. was Sex Drive the one that killed this entire genre I was think that the so. end was that the end of it Road Trip was good and received well then this I mean people loved it our age and and it did okay and then yeah I think Sex, Sex Drive. Drive and Accepted were like the last two yeah yeah. So uh, I guess we'll move on to mine And uh, so harken back to 2008 A time when Colin Hanks could get top billing over Emma oh, Stone I, I know what this is <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's a Happy Madison production Which uh-huh. I know is not uh, 
filmmakers I would typically <laughs> go to, go to. But uh, Grandma's Boy was one of mine. That's a Happy Madison. Also so uh, so this stars Anna Ferris. It's House Bunny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh. That's what I thought this was. I was like, this is either I forgot orange, Emma this Stone is, was in that. Yeah, this is either so, Orange Orange County or that one. And so's uh, Cat Dennings is yeah. in it. Yeah. As well, this is a funny movie. I'd put it right up there. I'm with yeah, you on this one. This is such a funny movie, mm-hmm. and it's it has no right to be like on paper. It just sounds like it would be awful and and uh, uh, just no, offensive. Yes, and so uh, Anna Faris plays uh, Shelley Darlington. She's an orphan who uh, it cannot get picked from the orphanage because she's so ugly, and then <laughs> and then she hits puberty and becomes a smoke show and ends up. Uh, once she's of age, moving into the Playboy Mansion where she resides for the entirety of her adulthood until she is finally kicked out of the Playboy <laughs> Mansion for the crime of turning 27, oh. which we are told is uh, 59 in bunny years. So it's, <laughs> like, it's like menudo for hot chicks. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and so she ends up through a series of plot machinations that uh, they, they, they luckily don't spend too much time on because we don't don't care we don't need just get to it (laughs) right like she becomes the house mother for a sorority uh and of and they're kind of like female revenge of the nerds lambda 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 Mm -hmm. that's right yeah also kind of try lambda yeah yeah and uh and so uh so yeah, you could see Emma Stone playing nerdy, which yeah. she surprisingly pulls off. Well, like, she was kind. Of, I mean, well, I guess she was super cool in Super Bad. That's what I remember first. Remember seeing her in, but she I mean, that's her nerdy. first movie, and yeah. I think this might but be she was very her cool. second. Movie. Yeah, I think this is her second. Yeah, and um, but she, but she's great in it, and and everybody's game, and and Anna Faris is fun to watch because for for a woman who's very attractive like she has no vanity like it, mm. and she will go where the joke takes her and she's, she's very talented at she, figuring out comedy yeah and she's not locked into being quote unquote the hot chick and yeah. so this she's great in scary movie which does yeah, the same thing right totally. like she's this, attractive but she does all the goofy yeah you know, and like this movie deep fried taco just friends where she's the oh, crazy pop star yes like, yeah. she's good at playing those type of roles yeah they and, tried making amy smart a thing yeah yeah, yeah. and this movie, uh, it's very similar in beats to Legally Blonde, which makes sense because it's written by the same people, That's the same women who wrote yeah. Legally bo- Blonde wrote this. <laughs> yeah, and although honestly, it's it's a merger. Like they had were working on a pitch for a movie about uh, somebody who takes over as house mother who's woefully inequipped, while Anna Faris was pitching a movie about someone who gets kicked out of the playboy mansion oh really and goes back home That's and ends up doing drugs and they were like jesus we'll, we'll take the first half of yours and the back half of ours and have that does nice. the, co- the cover even kind of looks like a legally blonde poster right like are the yeah. posters kind of similar yeah, probably in are. the time you know for those type of That's movie they true. all kind of yeah. had that yeah but uh, this is a great call. This is a good, very this funny a very movie. Good yeah. I, this might be my favorite thing Anna Faris has ever done. Like, yeah, this it's is it's really so good, cool. and I don't know why it wasn't a bigger hit I, at the time. I I remember what year was it? Oh eight, two thousand eight. I, I saw mean, in theaters. Like, I, yeah, I was reviewing movies at the time. I I went up and looked up my old review. I gave it a good review, and and I I don't know why it didn't catch on because because yeah. I think it does it deserved to. I thought when did the she, Hangover come out? That was two thousand nine. Oh okay. Yeah. I was thinking like maybe it got swept. You know, like the 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 bro rated R comedy started. This, so this was out at the same time as Tropic Thunder. Hmm. Oh, okay, so well, that kind of makes sense then, because that kind of mm. blew up. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, talking about movies you can't make nowadays. Nope. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff in there. Talk about how how he is able to avoid any sort of controversy for that movie is beyond well, me. Because well, yeah, oh, well, it's, it's, they way. try, they yeah. try, but it's the movie is not being. It's because he's they, they're making fun in, of that rather than actually right being in that. in context. They're they're it's very meta sure. and they're referencing the fact that it's idiotic. It's blazing yeah. saddles. Yeah, it's the but, it's the same concept. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good yeah. luck doing that in twenty. I mean, you can't, no. but it's like the reason why he's not canceled is it's like, no, that was not. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to do it today, <laughs> no matter what statement you're making. But back then, at yeah, least, yeah. He was, they're lampooning the fact that someone would be dumb enough. To <laughs> exactly. What do you, yeah. what do you but, mean, you people? <laughs> but anyway, so House House Bunny is, I I think, absolutely That's That's delightful. And I, I, my favorite scene is when she's showing them how she remembers names. And she like yeah. she says the name like she would say their names like but hi I'm Natalie and she would just look at them and, like dead faced yeah. and be like Natalie <laughs> it was just like what are you that doing? is you, that you make a good point is how I mean she had she was on Mom right that ran I mean that like seven or eight seasons and I think it's still going but I, she's off? she left and I think they did one more season right. without her okay. Yeah. And then, but yeah, she she is ex- so funny. She used to do all that goofy stuff. Where you're yeah. right when you talk about like she doesn't care about the vanity of it. She yeah. used to do those silly voices and everything. Where yeah. it was, yeah. I think she had a like, really good podcast. I, th- honestly, I think it's still going on. I is think, it? Yeah, no, I think it does very well for. I just her, yeah. wonder if the whole Chris Pratt thing. She was like, oh, I'm gonna take a break and get out of here for she a little bit. She still was and, doing Mom after the was after she? that. Yeah, that lasted for a while. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I I don't yeah. think that she really let that... I think she just felt like the show would run its course, yeah. but... They, but they, ABC or CBS was like, no, it's not. Yeah, it was CBS. <laughs> so CBS, yeah, like yeah. They're, they're like, well, we got out of... Two, we got two four more seasons out of two and a half men, so we can... Yeah. We can. Alice and Janie, can you come back for yeah. nine more seasons? And you know, she's... I mean, she's like a character actress, right? She's just like, yeah, sure. I'll take the gig. Yeah, like, right, right. Network money, eight seasons? Yeah, okay. Done. Whatever. I'll do it until you stop paying me. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't... And I don't begrudge her that. That's but great. Anyway, House Bunny is, I think, a positively delightful movie that deserves way more respect than it yes. gets. So, uh, and I, with that, uh, I guess we got to wrap up. We don't have time oh, yeah. to yeah. <laughs> continue our streak of Blakeless deep fried tacos. So, no, what do you what do you got for us? All right, so I went uh, with one I saw in theaters, and I think I was probably one of like ten people who saw it in theater uh, in. 2002, uh, there's a movie starring Christian Bale uh, and Tay Diggs, <laughs> of all people. Uh, I can't believe you saw this in theaters. Yeah, I saw it at Ronnie's. This was a DVD. This was like yeah. Boondock Saints. This was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I also saw in theaters right. at Ronnie's. Oh, my God. See, Blake was ahead of the yeah. curve. Uh, so, <laughs> he yeah. was a Hollywood video guy, so this, he knew where it was at. This, is, uh, this, this was called mm-hmm. Equilibrium. It was oh. by, by yeah. Kurt, Kurt Wimmer, or, uh, Wimmer uh, which is funny. He's... So it's a mashup, basically, of, like, every dystopian movie and book you've ever read. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of Fahrenheit 451. There's some Brave New World in there. Um, and then there's... they. It's, like, all these things, and then you add something called Gunkata. Gunkata, <laughs> so man. Stupid. There was yeah. nothing so cooler stupid. in 2002 than Gunkata. <laughs> Which, like, when I first saw that, I'm like, God, that's cool. Right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. And I watched it last night, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's really not so yeah. cool. <laughs> like, what, what was the coolest aspect of this movie has now become the worst right. aspect of this movie. Don't, it's exciting to watch. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. It is. But, like, the, the worst part, and, like, some of it's better than others. So, like, when he's, like, so it is Kurt Wimmer or Vimmer, however you pronounce it, and when they're doing, like, the 
the beginning where they're they're all the exposition of like how they got to this point and they show a guy like we're like and they came up with gun kata you know <laughs> like and he's the guy actually yeah. doing because he developed it himself okay. oh really yeah okay mm-hmm. and, which is uh, like this is like steven seagal fighting styles but if it were cool right because yeah. it's like a total dance art form to where it makes no practical sense oh but yeah. you're like like that's oh, like, what they're trying they're, to do they're saying use of geometry and stuff like that <laughs> uh, <laughs> allows you to to have maximum yeah. efficiency and stay out of the way of bullets basically or you step but literally back and they <laughs> like stand in the center right. of a room and just like like <laughs> shoot and I'm like like who the hell is shooting at this guy right <laughs> <laughs> like, like I mean, he's literally in the center of all of them. One of them just has to pop him right. once. You know? But that's like, the thing; it's the cool. It's not practical, but it looks so cool. And again, in the early two thousands, you man, like, yeah. I forgot that Tay Diggs so, was in this movie. So, yeah. so it's a. It follows this this character. Uh, uh, John, who is a what's called a cleric, and there's lots of weird. Uh, he was definitely trying to world build. Oh yeah, there's yeah. like a, the, it's the mm-hmm. uh, tetragrammaton or whatever <laughs> is uh, is one of the words they use, which. What? I feel like this is kind of like THX 1138 too, though. Yeah, th- there because... is some of that. In okay. There too, yeah. Yes. Um, but so this is a world where there's a third world war and uh, they've decided that uh, to avoid so humanity won't survive a fourth. So uh, there's this authoritarian government uh, who, you know, super fascist and uh, they make everybody take these emotion suppressing drugs. Mm-hmm. uh Prosium, I think is what it's called, um, which they actually had a, a different name for for it, at one, and then it actually turned out there was already a drug <laughs> named that, and so they had to change it. Uh, uh, and it's this nation of Liberia, and it's all filmed in Berlin. I was going to say it's kind of got like a underworld. Yeah, look so it's to got it. like well, like they use a lot of like Nazi. Yeah imagery and they use a lot of buildings and stuff but like kind of future them up yeah. a bit. Uh but so Sean Sean Bean is the cleric partner of Christian Bale mm-hmm. and it turns out he's been feeling he's what they call a sense offender. Uh and he he gets caught uh stealing a book of poems uh from from the resistance yeah. or whatever. I mean, this is THX 1138, yeah, I, right? There, there's no subtlety in this <laughs> yeah. movie, by the way. Yeah. None at all. Like, mm, the, the very no. first thing they find at, at the the first raid they do is the Mona Lisa. Like, oh. It's like, because that's just, you know, like... That's, yeah. Somebody has that just laying around? It's... And, like, it, he's supposed to be super intuitive. Like, that's why he's such a good mm-hmm. clerk and like or cleric or whatever. But he goes to this room and he's like, that's it. It's the only room with a rug. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like... Like oh you're, they got you buddy. <laughs> like so they they pull it up and yeah it's the Mona Lisa and yeah. they burn it and uh but so he they he kills his partner after he finds out he's a sense offender uh but then that kind of propels him into his own journey to yeah. stop taking prosium and he starts feeling but like the thing that is gets there a me, puppy in this movie yes okay okay <laughs> they kill dogs <laughs> yes at one point and because uh, they make pup, people feel joy pup, yeah a puppy comes up to him and he picks it up and it's this cute little bernie's mountain dog puppy and he like oh no we gotta save this one for <laughs> for make sure none of them have disease or whatever like yeah. he's like like supposed to be this very smart guy but he's really dumb <laughs> like really dumb like he like breaks down crying at one point and i'm like 
everybody sees this, like, <laughs> like they're going to report you right. as a sense offender, man. Like, just come on. Get like, it together. Like, he just starts wearing his emotions on his sleeve. But there's, like, a whole subplot with uh, Emily Watson where she's captured and he's relating with her. And apparently she's been with Sean Bean. But, yeah, Sean Bean dies in oh, early of part course. of the movie. Shocking. Obviously. Was um, she a puppy? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <sighs> but so Tay Diggs is trying to hunt him down. He's but the, he becomes his new partner, and he's also intuitive, and he 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 knows what people are feeling before they start to feel. Which it it, it always seemed a little weird to me that someone is supposed to be like a empath, but there's no emotion. Like, can you really have empaths with no emotion? Mm. But whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, there there's a lot of there's a lot of really great stuff in the movie, but it's. Yeah, it's not subtle at all. Like you can see the makings and trappings of a good movie, uh, but what what it really all comes down to is the fact that there's some cool action. Although the 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 gun kata thing, the very first one that he does, they they black out this room and it stays. The screen stays black for like 15 seconds, and they're all like, "Where'd he go? Did we get him? Is he dead? Is he dead?" And all of a sudden, it, it, you just see him like. In different formations, like but it's the, but it's all done in gun flare. yeah, like right. it's all yeah, done in it's flares, all, right? It's kind of strobe yeah, yeah, effect, yeah, yeah. but it's a, but they yeah. have these weird like <laughs> like sound effects, <laughs> and like his arms are blurry, like bad, really bad CG. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so bad. Just like find that clip and watch it, <laughs> and like because when I was uh, when I was eighteen, I was like, ah, that's really cool. And now <laughs> this, I'm like, that looks so bad. I'm telling you, like I saw this on DVD when it came out, so probably right around you know right yeah. after theaters when it came out. So what you said it was O two? Yeah, this okay. is right okay. right before he they filmed it in two thousand, but it didn't come out until two thousand two. And this uh, movie was so cool. I mean, you were telling everyone, like Boondock Saints, you know, at the time, you were just still like, in American psycho shape. And, and when is Batman? 2005. Okay. Yeah, this is right on his I feel like up. I watched this, this right before. This is one of the things I think that kind of got, got him. him into Batman, right? That's yeah, what I thought. That, is that, yeah. It was an action role yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of like was almost an audition for him. To, That's right. For Batman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he's in, he's in top, tip top shape. I mean, he. Like the actors are all good. They 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 play it, you know, very straight. And uh, I mean, even Tay Diggs isn't bad. You want to hate him, and mm-hmm. that's the whole role. Like, the, I mean, he's like, the bad guy. Yeah, I feel like I would still find this Which, enjoyable. By the way, that they the, the, the final fight fight between him and Tay Diggs, it's a sword fight. They have like a like a kendo is. stick fight earlier. Oh, it's called sword kata. Yeah, they invented it. They took uh, their swords <laughs> off the guns and just. Yeah. But yeah. he he has it lasts like three seconds he literally just like cuts the dude's face off oh yeah he cuts his face off i want to take his face and apparently tay diggs was not available to film the final scene so they had to just improvise and it was supposed to be like a big battle Mm -hmm. between them originally and instead they're just like well we'll just have him cut his face it's indiana jones Jones yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's It's great which i remember again how badass that was because you were just like oh crap you expected the showdown cut his face off yeah you find out at the end there's a big shadowy uh it's a conspiracy where the so there, there's this overarching figure called father who's the one who outlaws everything and sets all the rules and uh he's played by the uh i can't remember his name he played uh, alfred in uh pennyworth in um in some of like uh some of the dc properties in the early 2010s hmm. oh uh but it turns out he's he's not the actual man behind the curtain that mm-hmm. it's it's this Angus McFadden's character is the actual bad guy. He was just a puppet. Yeah, and so because the real father yeah. died years ago, but mm. they just you know yeah 
uh, perpetuated the, the, yeah. the myths. The and, dad pirate Roberts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, a, Angus McFadden and Christian Bale have a have a very intense uh, gun battle, gun kata battle at <laughs> the very end. That's super choreographed and uh, does not hold up as well as I remember. Uh, Angus McFadden especially looks a little out of his league. Mm. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in the same type of I sense a running theme between all of our action movies is that maybe they aren't the best idea to put these actors into action sequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Christian Bale does great with the action sequences. Sure, sure. And like the final action sequence is pretty great. I mean, he comes in and and there's all these, you know, leather clad like like shadowy police figures that he just I think I I, I was reading like Does two, everybody wear helmets? There are a lot of helmets in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember the the dress whites that he wears? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, it's, it's cool, man. It was cool. I'm saying I haven't watched in a long time, he but kills, in the 2000s, he kills 118 different people in wow. the movie, and at uh, at one point was like the third highest death count of any character, <laughs> wow. character in in film. I mean, like I was in high school for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that age, I found this. This was the action movie. It was like this is badass. It's a. I think one of the reasons it hit for me when I was eighteen and doesn't really hit as much for me now is, uh, it's before you you really experience if if you haven't experienced all you know if you haven't read Fahrenheit four fifty one or Brave New World and stuff like that. Those ideas are new to you, and right? They, and they seem a lot more profound. And I that, saw it before THX eleven thirty eight. Yeah. I mean that plot is so much THX thirty eleven thirty eight suppressing their feelings yeah. in one oh, stop, and that's the plot. And it's got. I mean, there's a lot of Logan's. Oh, absolutely! In this like li- literally, well. it takes piecemeal yeah. of like every dystopian like trope that you can we're, yeah. we're see we were the people that were like that saw john carter which i also love and said man that feels a lot like star wars <laughs> yeah. you know where it's like oh, well oh. it's the same thing right. i say about the matrix right that i'm yeah. just like this is just freshman level philosophy oh sure that they set an action movie yeah. against and if you don't if you don't already know a lot of these theories they, they seem, seem they're gonna blow profound. your mind yeah. Yeah. and but if you're over a certain right. age you're just like oh yeah i know what i know what you're yeah. doing so so like it's it's definitely <laughs> if you approach it in a time of your life where it, it, it'll hit harder than and it's it's certainly not terrible there are terrible moments but there yeah. are like actually like it has a really good sense of style like yeah it, it the big long cool. trench coats and, and, and like yeah hey man the, there was a good like period of time where the gun kata thing like had a good show well, so, <laughs> like it, this came out and there was like about five years where this was still good he he reused it again in ultraviolet yeah. oh yeah. this guy did yeah. ultraviolet yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad and movie. And then that's it's well, a terrible and that movie. sort of signifies the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Would be older. Yeah. Is that Charlize Theron? Like, okay, no, killed this, it. Yeah. Which is that Angelina Jolie? Charlize Theron. Yeah. No, Charlize. Okay. Yeah. So she had two bites. Of Angelina that salt. Yeah, no, it, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Was, but she also did Eon Flux, right? Oh, Eon Flux is That's Charlize. That's Charlize as well. She was she had that action run. You gonna want it? No, no, I was thinking of Eon Flux is what I was, but she oh. like, and then she came back and did, you know, the the female led action movie. And I was thinking Angelina Jolie if you were trying to, put, she was in that wanted. Oh, movie. What, yeah. That's well, see, really that's another one where it's yeah. like, Comics you know, good, they're they're yeah. playing with sort of the physics mm-hmm. of of you know curving, curving the bullet yeah. oh, and stuff like up. that, yeah. which which <laughs> is a quiet gun kata. <laughs> it's bullet kata. Um, <laughs> the problem with the gun kata is that it's it gun. like you know in the I mean I saw this on video. I didn't see it at the movies. And I remember thinking, that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. And then I watched it, uh, you know, a few years later. I was like, that movie's great. Yeah. And then I watched it again. And I was like, oh, this is so 
<laughs> Which really is it, deep fried tacos in it a had that window. Well, I yeah. remember I, in oh, the yeah. first episode or whatever, like Dan said something about Joe's movie and said, "Oh, it's so dumb." And then in this episode, Joe just said, "Oh, that movie's so dumb." <laughs> like it's funny We've come how full circle. you all, but it's yeah. like that's what the thing is with the deep fried yeah. taco. They are dumb movies, but you still and you love recognize them. it and yeah. you love them, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. It is. All boils down to one person's trash is another person's yeah. trash. Yes. So just like with dating. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess uh, I guess that's it for this one. Uh, let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. Well, this is Dan. You can find me on Twitter. I'm on there once in a while, DanGraney67. I'm Blake. You can find me on Twitter at EpicFail, F-E-H-L. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at JoeyButts, B-U-T-T-S 21. And this is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real spoilers while you're there. Like the page, join the group, and of course, don't forget our Patreon. No one has Gab or Gitter or <laughs> no. any of those? No. No. Oh, okay. So anyway, that's it for this one. I have no idea what comes out next week, so uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out then. And uh, until then, you've been warned. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> <laughs> 